Thanks for joining us on episode 1061 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Mike Acker. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to respond well to life is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mader. Is it's not actually about you. I love to say this, when you get all wrapped up in yourself, you make a pretty small package. So how can you find ways to get out there? And it probably is going to be something small first, coach some soccer, I used to do that, or go to the nursing home and do some reading or serve and sign up for a serve day in a local organization or church near you, but just find something to do for someone else. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's interview with Mike Acker, I asked Mike to share with you some of the seven strategies he shares on how to conquer fear. Mike also shares a bit about what all six of his books are about, and I asked Mike to share with you his best advice if you want to pour into others. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Mike Acker is an executive and communication coach, a keynote speaker, and the author of four books, including the best-selling Speak With No Fear, which has appeared on numerous book lists, even getting designated as the number one book on overcoming fear of speaking on Forbes.com. Mike passionately coaches business professionals to lead and speak with confidence. In presentations, he entertains and inspires audiences using stories of growing up as the son to drug smugglers who later turn missionaries. He retails and relates lessons learned on how to overcome insecurity and exclusion in a cross-cultural setting. And he unpacks the path from employee to manager to leader. Mike also enjoys rock climbing, wake surfing, skiing, church, building Legos with his son, and going on dates with his wife, Taylor. Mike believes in the power of prayer exercise, journaling, and real community to counter the stresses of everyday life. Welcome to the show, Mike. Great to be here, Scott. I'm looking forward to talking with you over the next couple of weeks. As a coach who works with people in, in speaking and leadership and other sorts of positions, one of the things that you talk about is strategies to conquer fear. And one of them that you have is called, It's Not About Us. 
Can you talk a little bit about what that is and why that's important to us? And, and again, it could be important in speaking. It could be important in leadership, even just in our own lives. How does that, what does that really mean for us? Absolutely. So last time I was talking about the strategy UBU, and it's very interesting that these two are almost next to each other in my book, Speak With No Fear. UBU is all about you becoming more of who you are. We talked even about three words that lead that, to that. And then it's not about us, though, is where you say, okay, I want to learn how to be me, but I'm not going to do it just for me. I'm going to be the best version of myself so I can be that for others. If you think about a team, you want to be a fantastic basketball player, for example, but you want to be the best basketball player, not just for yourself and not just so you feel comfortable in your own shoes, but you also want to benefit the team. Now, when it comes to speaking, you want to be yourself so that you don't distract from others. Here's what happened when you tuned into the podcast today. You did not think, I wonder how Scott's doing. I'm, I wonder who Scott's going to bring on. You know what? I'm going to download the podcast and listen to the podcast today just to show my support for Scott. And there might be one or two, three people that just yeah, tuned in and they're like, hey, I just want to support Scott. But the majority of people are going, I'm going to tune into inspired stewardship for myself. And I hope that the guest today does something good because I don't want to waste my time learning something stupid or something. Otherwise, I'll just turn it off. So what does that mean? When we tune into something, whether it's a sermon, a podcast, a book, if we don't feel like it's benefiting us, we will leave. In fact, when we go to college and we go to a class, if we don't feel like it benefits us, we have a hard time checking in and we're more likely to check out. If we don't feel like we get something from it, we move to the back of the class and then we'll try to get something out of it on our own or we'll just try, we'll take a bad grade. So that means that the communicator is not that important in so much as the communicator is teaching and helping and serving people. I have some clients later on that are meeting today and we always start with some pleasantries and they're all kind people. So they do care about me in that sense. But none of them scheduled the call to give me money. None of them scheduled the call to make me feel like I was a good coach. They scheduled the call for themselves. That means that there's a lot less pressure on me. Because if they tune in and I'm thinking, man, this person what needs to be impressed by me and I need to show them how awesome I am, then all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure on me to perform and to perform well. But really, it's not about that. So long as they feel like I helped them and it got them to achieve what they need to achieve, that means I'm successful. So when you get into a room, when you're presenting updates or quarterly updates or KPIs or whatever it is that you're presenting, new specifications on a technical product, nobody cares about you. They only care that what you tell them is going to help them. Remember when you were in eighth grade, ninth grade? That's a while back now, but you go into that room and nowadays schools have learned that ninth graders and eighth graders don't really want to dance as much. But back when I was living in Mexico, it, I, there was a lot of quinceañeras. Mm -hmm. And so in ninth grade, I would go into the ballroom and there'd be a couple hundred teenagers and all the girls would be on one side of the room and all the guys would be on one side of the room. And early on, I realized that everybody was thinking about the same thing. What do people think about me? Do they like my suit? Do they like my dress? Do they like my hair? 
Do I smell okay? Do they like my shoes? Am I going to look okay when I dance? Will people like me if I go over there? Will she reject me? And see, all the pronouns are me and I and me and I. And early on, my buddy Ricardo and I realized that the girls were very nervous that guys wouldn't dance with them, especially the quinceanera. She had to dance with guys. And so the girls would get very insecure because they would dance with their, their dad, they would dance with family members. And then there was an open time where they got to dance with their friend guys. And sometimes uh, a friend would not approach to dance for a long time because all the guys were thinking, what will they think about me? Will she want to dance with me? Will I do well? And so my friend and I realized that nobody was thinking about us. In fact, in any situation, rarely is anybody thinking about you because they're too busy thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you, as in this case, a dancer can go out there and just help them and make them feel good. Hey, you look beautiful. Let's dance. And then you begin that, that, that trend of all the rest of people dancing with them. Great. Or if you as a presenter, you go in there and say, people don't care what I'm thinking, saying people don't care. They just want me to do a good job with the updates. They just want me to present the information I need to. They just want to teach me the sales product or want me to teach them the sales product that I need to. The moment you get out of your mind that it's about you, the moment you have less pressure on. Mm -hmm. So it's a fantastic leadership. It's a fantastic communication principle. And I hope that everybody here even embraces that and just says, how am I, what I, how is what I'm doing today about someone else instead of me? It reminds me, and I don't remember the movie, but there's a movie where uh, there's a very self-centered character and she's talking to her friend and she's basically talking all about herself and talking about how this and that and the other, all she's talking about is herself. And finally she says, let's change the, the, the topic and, you know, talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> That's not talking about, you know, but it is, you know, we do have that tendency in our own head to, to think it is about us. We're at the center of the spotlight. Like you said, usually most people aren't thinking about you. Even if you're at the person at the front of the room on the stage, they're still really not thinking about you most of the time, <laughs> you know, quite frankly. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there are some situations, like some people will go there just for that person. Sure. But, and, and those are those super charismatic, like Tony Robbins. People, some people tune in and follow a Tony Robbins type personality just because they're wowed by that. Charismatic leader. Yeah. But even then, they're hoping that they're going to get something. Right. Because even if they're just going, I'm just going to support you and I'm going to give you my money for these events, they're still going, yeah, but I hope I get something. Mm -hmm. So even in the extreme cases where in some cases it is about that person, even then, you're still wanting something for you. And usually even then they are, I mean, if they continue to repeat the behavior and go to, and I know people that have gone to 30, 40, 50 Tony Robbins events, whatever it is, and using him as a, a great example, they continue to do it because they continue to get value from it. it, it it's not, they're usually not just going <laughs> because, yeah. you know, Tony's there. They're going because they continue to get value from it. They get energy from it. They get, they come back from that weekend and they're all fired up. But if you right. talk to them, all they want to talk about is all the stuff that happened at the event. Right they're getting a value from it. If right. That makes sense too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you have six books out, I think, speak with no fear, write to speak, lead with no fear and grow your soul and then connect through emotional intelligence. And then the one that just came out, speak with confidence. Could you, for folks that we talked a little bit about a few of those books last week, but could you 
give us a one sentence snippet of what are each of those books about or why someone might want to pick them up? What problem does the book solve for them, so to speak? Right. Absolutely. So Speak With No Fear, which is in the second edition and has over 600 ratings for the first edition, and it's all over the place. Speak With No Fear is strategies that you can take, pick and choose which ones help you so they can overcome that nervousness in the moment and lessen, ease, erase some of the fear that you to speak is a simple guide to create a presentation. Maybe you are best man or maid of honor, or you want to honor an employee, or you just don't know how to create a presentation. And so there's very simple guide for you to go ahead and do that. Lead with no fear is about small shifts that you can take really to personally change yourself. So you're leading with greater inspiration, clarity, and confidence. So in the same vein of Speak with no fear. We go through seven different shifts. I co-wrote that with an incredible executive coach named Steve Gutzler. Grow Your Soul comes from my time as a pastor. And I actually wrote it when I was in my 20s. And there's just devotional daily thoughts that people can do. And really, I had written it for years. And then I I left the pastorate. And I got to a spot where I said, I don't even want to go to church anymore. And I was just in that spot of my soul. My soul was tired and weary. And so I went back and read the writings that I had written, and I was able to just actually encourage myself by listening to my younger self. Sometimes we need the voice of enthusiasm. Connect through emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the number one indicator of success. It's not your technical skills. It's not your education. It's how you can relate with people. It's why people can move up in the world with seemingly having no ability to really do what they do. And it's amazing. If you can connect with people, then you can advance and you can further yourself in so many ways. A lot of people who have incredible education expertise, a lot of technical skills, a lot of intelligence, they don't actually get that far if they don't have that people skill. So emotional intelligence is all about that. And both that book, Lead With No Fear and Speak With No Fear, have workbooks that are quite extensive as well, especially the Connect Their Emotional Intelligence. And then actually, I have another book called Speak and Meet Virtually that released in October. And it's about really how to go from Zoom fatigue and boredom to really being engaging and talk about four different words to do. And then Speak With Confidence is really my framework for all of this. So if I would say pick one book, I'd say Connect or sorry, Speak With Confidence. And not only speaking, but it's going to talk, take you through three areas. It's going to help you in executive presence and leadership and in your communication. And it's going to take you through who you are as a speaker, really who you are as a person, what you say, what you think, how you process your thoughts for others, and then how you do it. And so altogether, 10 books, including my workbooks here as of 2022. And I'm still writing more. That's awesome. I, I'm actually in the process of writing my first book uh, nice. as this is coming live so that I, I started that late last year. So in that stage of actually trying to get a book out, so knowing a little bit about how hard it is, I, I acknowledge <laughs> the fact that you have so many out there because uh, it, it's public speaking is tough. Leading is tough. So is writing a book. It turns out, what do you know? Um Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for anybody who wants to be an influencer, who wants to get their ideas out there, or just you feel like you have something to share, I encourage you to do it. And so I actually am part of a small publishing group called Advantage Publishing Group. 
and we we help people get their ideas out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing for learning to communicate and and speak. I I've yet to find a, a thing that you can do in this world that does not involve communicating with other human beings. I've been looking, but there isn't one. It turns out as far as yeah. so one of the things that that I've seen people struggle with is when maybe they've been working on some of these gifts and you're a coach, I'm a coach. People are often called on maybe in a work environment or church environment to, to work with and mentor others. Mm-hmm. When one of the things that I hear back from people is I'm not ready for that. I can't mentor others. I haven't quote got enough or I'm not good enough or whatever. There's something, some reason why they're unprepared to actually mentor others. What advice would you have for folks that are feeling that struggle? Yeah, I love that you put this right next to it's not about you. (laughs) Because if you're thinking, what advice do I have? I'm not ready for that. I can't do that. Then what pronoun are you using? (laughs) I and me. And so you're actually thinking not about them. You're thinking about yourself. If you have value that you can give to somebody, then you can do some type of mentoring coaching. Where is it that you've done well in? What, when you look at your life, what do you appreciate about your life? What do you appreciate about your experiences? What do you appreciate about your education? What do you appreciate about the lessons that you've learned? And then how can you help others improve in that area that you appreciate? And a great way for you to think about that is what value can you give? So a lot of people don't feel like they're ready to be a parent, (laughs) but they are 20, they're 25, they're 30. There's some people who are obviously more ready. They have a greater track record. But in the same sense, if you are a at least a decently functioning humanity, human being, there are some things that you can give. You have some value. You can provide protection. You can provide food. You can provide housing. You can provide something. So what is it that you can provide for someone? When I was uh, moving back from the United States or back to the United States from Mexico, I used to live in Mexico for seven years. And I moved back and I got involved in church and I hadn't actually been involved in church for a while. And I got involved in this church. And one of the things I really liked about was that there was a constant mutual mentoring. And the, the leader used to say, if you have one thing to share, then you can share it with somebody else, to paraphrase him. Now, what the great thing about this is when I'm mentoring people and I do executive coaching and I do uh, communication coaching. And I have these people that come to me that are just extremely good in what they do. Like I have some top athletes, some minor celebrities, some politicians and business leaders. And it's just, if I thought that it was about me and that I had to have everything figured out, then no time ever would I, would I speak to them? Because in some areas of their life, they are far better than me. They're coming to me in the area that I can provide them I can ask the right question. So to that question, find out your value. Don't make it about yourself. Don't think that you have to have everything figured out. Just bring those areas that you do know and share those in mentoring and coaching with others. And if you've never done anything, join something like the Boys and Girls Club or something or a church or something or a school. I used to, as a 21-year-old, go to an elementary school and sit in the library and read with a fourth grader who couldn't read. And it was a value I could give. I didn't have everything figured out in life at 21. I had a lot to figure out, but I knew how to read and I could share that. Mm-hmm. Well, and go to the other extreme, go visit a nursing home and read with those folks. Right. Again, it's 
I think sometimes too that, I, I, and again, it is connected to that. It's not about you mentality because it, we think of mentorship as I had to have been there before, but there's more to it than that sometimes as well. So I think that's the. I've never run for political office yet. I have politicians I coach. Mm-hmm. I've never led a multi billion dollar company. And yet I have several CEOs that I work with in either executive or in leadership communication that are running multi-billion dollar companies. I found that I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I the executive coach? You run this company that is global. And I have several of those. Mm -hmm. And the huge thing is I don't have to teach them how to run a company because I've never run that company that size. I never planned to but I can teach them how to do this or lead with them or ask them the right questions so they can get it out. And I do a lot of business coaching. I, I generally work with small businesses, but what I always tell them is I actually don't need to know. I don't need to be an expert in your business to mm-hmm. be able to coach you about your business because right. as a coach, I'm not supposed to be the expert. I'm the guide. I'm helping ask questions and call things out. And yes, I sometimes may have a resource or a tip or something else, but most of it is about helping you get out of your way so that you can do what you need to do. And that doesn't, I don't need to know how to run a gym to be able to talk to a gym owner and help them get out of their own way to run the gym better. Yeah. So a lot of the folks that are listening, Mike, generally feel like they have a calling, they have a direction, they have something that God is putting on their heart that they need to live out, but they feel stuck in some way. They feel held back from that, not able to live it out. What would you give them as your top pieces of advice? Yeah, I'd probably give three pieces of advice to the person who feels stuck. First of all, you got to believe that you can get unstuck. Because right now, there's probably something going in your mind that says, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. I'll always be stuck. So going back to what we said on the last episode, where we talked about where you are is not where you have to stay. You have to believe that you can change in order to change. If you believe you can't change, you just won't change. So let me just lend you my belief right now and lend you Scott's belief. You can change. You can get unstuck. So that would be the first thing. You have to have this belief. Second one is you got to find some kind of community. That often what happens is that our, our sins, our weaknesses, our failures, our detriments, all of those happen in isolation. And as a result, we then get even more closed in on ourselves and beat ourselves up even more and more. So you need to find that communicate that community. Sometimes it's a paid community. I've gone to paid community counselor before, where you go talk to somebody. And sometimes people say, ah, it's just so expensive to go to a counselor or go to a coach. And I say, it's more expensive if you don't. It's more expensive for you to crash and burn. So Get that help, get the community beforehand, whether that's even a group of friends and just opening up to them. And maybe you're saying, my friends don't understand. So here's a little tip on that. Talk to your friends a little bit about it and give them a snippet. And if they're empathizing, don't try to solve the issue. And if they, then give them some more. I had a friend one time, I opened up with him a little bit about stuff. And I could see he was not interested. He was just, he immediately went, oh yeah, whatever. And I thought, okay, this isn't a friend that I talked to about that. Whatever it is that you're stuck in, find someone, a community, so that you're not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Another way to have community, podcast, keep tuning into Scott, get some books, whatever it might yeah. be, so that you 
some of my mentors. <laughs> yeah, some of my best mentors have never met me. <laughs> I've got a list of what I call virtual mentors. These are people that have mentored me through their books, through their podcast, and through their speaking. Absolutely. And it's such a huge thing. And then remember the last part is what I've already said actually in this episode is it's not actually about you. I love to say this. When you get all wrapped up in yourself, you make a pretty small package. How can you find ways to get out there? And it probably is going to be something small first, coach some soccer. I used to do that or go to the nursing home and do some reading or serve and sign up for a serve day in a local organization or church near you, but just find something to do for someone else. And it's amazing. I love the friends episode where Phoebe learns that everything good that we do often makes us feel good too. (laughs) It's a funny little thing that there's no selfless act because the joke is there's no selfless act because at the end it makes you feel good. But what's true is you go do something for somebody else and you take that action and the reaction is it makes you feel better. So whatever it is, take one of these actions, the, the step forward, the step out of getting stuck is a step forward, not backwards. And that becomes a feedback loop too, because As you take those small actions, it reinforces the belief that you can change, which then helps you change more. And so it becomes a a positive feedback loop as well, as as opposed to the negative feedback loop, which is often where we're stuck. When we're stuck, it's usually because there's a negative feedback loop. You're, you know, holding yourself back. Very true. Very true. You can follow Mike over on Facebook is Mike. Acker.com. That's all spelled out. M-I-K-E-A-C-K-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. Or find him on LinkedIn is Mike Acker. You can also find out more about him on his website, MikeAcker.com. Of course, I'll have links to all of this over in the show notes as well. Mike, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Let me go back to something I said in the very first episode. Where you are is not where you have to say it. Take a moment and write some things about the status quo about your life. Then choose one of those, health, communication, leadership, money. Choose one of those and write down where you want to go and then backwards track how to get there. Where you are is not where you have to stay. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.